I think we need to be first like the Magi. They know that something's up. They know that there's a hunger. They know that something is different about the world. And I suspect all of us who gathered here on a Sunday night probably have felt a little bit of that hunger. From Chicago, it's the Old St. Pat's Podcast Sunday Series, a show that highlights weekly reflections from Old St. Patrick's Church. On our spiritual journey, how do we know what to seek and how do we know when we find it? Or what if we know what we're looking for, but deliberately choose not to take action or are too afraid to begin the search? After hearing the story of the three magi who were seeking what was under the star of Bethlehem, we can look to them as examples. In this episode, Father Michael Simone gives us ways to satisfy our restlessness no matter what seeking scenario we find ourselves in and helps us recognize that at the center of it all is Jesus. So seeking and finding are what today's readings are all about. And certainly we, we know this story. Those of us who went to Catholic school maybe even got to be one of the three kings in the pageant. I was always a shepherd. I never got picked to be a king. But this is a story we've heard again and again. And it's sometimes hard to extract new wisdom out of it. But I, I think if we just focus on the characters at the beginning of the narrative, the Magi on the one hand, and Herod and his advisors on the other, we might be able to find something useful for our own discipleship. So you have these Magi, and, and <laughs> I have a friend who's a Bible scholar, and he thinks the best translation of that word is actually warlock, um, because they were, they were magicians. They were, they were astrologers, as these guys definitely were astrologers. But they were also the kind of people you would like buy potions and amulets from in, uh, in town marketplaces. Like Uncle Arthur on Bewitched. How many of you have seen Bewitched? Yeah, all right. So three warlocks from the East, are we? They were, they were definitely fringe characters. They were not necessarily people that, that you would want to move into the house next door for all, all variety of reasons, not least because if you irritated them, they might put a curse on your crops. But they were reputed to be very wise. They could foretell, they claimed, they could foretell the future in the stars. And astrology in the ancient world was considered a, a very precise science. And there was something going on, something cosmic going on that they recognized. Now, they were not Jews. They were probably from part of the world today that would be either Iraq or Iran, probably Zoroastrian priests. And, and through their wisdom and knowledge and whatever it is that they had, they knew that the world had changed. And they knew that that change had, was centered somewhere in the land of Israel. And so they went to see what was going on. <clears throat> Herod and his advisors, on the other hand, they know exactly what's supposed to happen. In, in this particular narrative, Herod doesn't even question who's been born. He knows it's the Christ. It was a time of great expectation among Jews in the first century. It was a time when, when they believed a descendant of David was going to come and free them from the Romans who had conquered them about 50 or 60 years before and whose troops were keeping Herod in power. The Magi knew that they needed to seek, but they didn't know what for. Herod knew exactly what to look for, but he didn't want to look for it. Herod knew that, that if this child were to, to, be, to be made public, 
He would be a usurper. He would be the one to topple Herod's own throne. In the end, Herod died in, well, natural death. He died a terrible illness. His sons were so incompetent, they toppled the throne for their father. Jesus had nothing to do with it. I think those two extremes, those who wish to seek but don't know what to look for, and those who know exactly what to look for and, and yet refuse to seek, can probably typify the spiritual life of any given Christian five times a day. I guarantee you there are multiple times, I'll speak for myself here, multiple times a day when, when I know that God is the source of all love and all goodness and all blessing. And I know that if I turn to the Lord, I will encounter nothing but kindness and benevolence. And my internal response to that, that's nice, Lord, but I got to get the roof fixed. That's nice, Lord, but I got to worry about this thing. That's nice, Lord, but I know what to find, but I don't look for it. I'm Herod in those moments. Maybe not as extreme as Herod was, but the same thought process is at work. And then there are other times in my life when I know something's up. I know there's some change going on. I know, I know I have, I've developed a spiritual hunger. And yet I don't know how to respond to it. Although if I think about it, I do. I think it's easy to spend our lives not looking for what we know how to find and looking for things that, that we think are going to elude us and, and yet are simple right in front of us. I had a friend in Boston. I, I worked with a lot of recovering drug addicts in Boston, and I had a, it was a, a young man I was working with. I was kind of his sponsor. If you're in a 12-step program, you have a sponsor. I was kind of his sponsor because he never called me. He never talked to me. He would, <laughs> he called me a lot when we first met. And every time he called me, he called me from a different phone number. And at first I thought he was calling me from pay phones. And I thought, who finds pay phones these days? Then I realized he had just gotten out of jail. He was stealing people's phones and calling me. <laughs> and I was like, great, there are like six, seven stolen phones out there. And my number is the last one that's been called. I spent a week waiting for the police to kick down my door. And so we had a little conversation about like, like spiritual living at that point. Anyways, as time went on, um, this, this young man and I didn't talk so much anymore and, and there's nothing you can do in that situation. And I got a panicked call from his mother one day. He had been missing for a while. He hadn't responded to any of her calls and any of her texts. And in truth, it had been about two months since I talked to him. And I knew where he was because I knew where his dealer was. So I went, I went down to... So in, in Boston, we have this terrible area called Methadone Mile where all the treatment centers are right on a certain street, and it's where every addict hangs out. And I knew he was going to be down there. And I drove up and down that stretch of Massachusetts Avenue, and I, never, and I didn't see him, and I knew he was going to be there. When I finally found him there, I realized why I, didn't, I wasn't able to see him, because he had completely changed. The steroids had worn off. Guys, those of you who've ever done steroids, you know that the minute you stop, you deflate like a balloon the day after New Year's, right? So he was, not, he did not look the way he used to. He had, he was in raggedy clothes. He was living on the street. The kid was a wreck. I had looked for him for hours and had driven past him 
Because once I realized what he was wearing, I was like, oh, I remember that kid's shoes. To search and not to find because of my own expectations. Somebody that I loved and somebody whose life that, I was like, I was there to try to help him. It's so easy not to find the things that we seek. In the end, I got him a bed and a detox, not hard. He's still alive, still functioning, he's still kind of getting clean. How do we know what to seek and how do we know when we find it? I think we need to be first, like the Magi, I think they're the better example, obviously, in this narrative. They know that something's up. They know that there's a hunger. They know that something is different about the world. And I suspect all of us who gathered here on a Sunday night probably have felt a little bit of that hunger. And how easy it is, once we turn to Christ, to learn how to satisfy it. Love one another as I have loved you. Feed my sheep. Protect those who are the least. Go search for those who are lost. It's simple to find the Lord. I think it was Thomas Burton that said, if you want to have a mystical experience, just love somebody and let them love you back. That's God. That's God at work. A moment of pure silence where we can just allow the Lord to love us and rest in that love is worth all the spiritual reading we could do in a lifetime. Is worth all the spiritual journeying and all the spiritual seeking that we could do in a lifetime. Like Herod, we know exactly what we're looking for, at least on a day-to-day basis. We're looking for that love that comes to us from God, that fills us up and supports us and carries us forward. And we also, because of Christ, know how to find it. So perhaps that's our challenge today and this week and in the days to come. To allow that spiritual energy, that search, that desire to carry us forward and to seek the Lord exactly as he tells us to seek. To love, to forgive, to be generous and to share. And in doing so then, as the Magi were overjoyed at the side of Christ, we too could be overjoyed and turn our treasure over to the God that loves us. Time now for announcements and events. Monday, February 6th is our next Wedding Music Fair. Come to Old St. Pat's to hear many of our amazing musicians who perform from our catalog of wedding music options at Old St. Pat's. Cantors, classical musicians, and Irish instrumentalists provide an entertaining concert in our beautiful space as you're guided through the wedding music process by our director of music, Mark Skazafave. For more information about the Wedding Music Fair and wedding music at Old St. Pat's, please visit oldstpatsorg wedding music. Join the OSP Young Adult Group for Encounter After Five on Sunday, January 15th in Hughes Hall. During the event, one of our members will interview a Ukrainian still living in Ukraine amidst the war. Both have worked together to impact the lives of over 100,000 people in Ukraine since the invasion last winter. There will be time for discussion and questions. No registration is necessary, and free food and drinks will be provided. And as a reminder, the Foundation's Youth Ministry invites you to their pancake breakfast on January 29th. 
Tickets are $10 and can be purchased at Mass. All proceeds go towards the Foundation Work Tours this upcoming summer. And please save the date for the Old St. Pat's Family Dance Party on Friday, February 17th at 6.30 p.m. at 625 West Adams. All are invited to enjoy a fun DJ with dancing, pizza, crafts, glow treats, and more. More details to come. Thank you for listening to today's episode. The homily was originally given at the 5 p.m. Mass on Sunday, January 8th by Father Michael Simone. For more information about all resources available, visit our website at oldstpats.org. To stay up to date with new episodes, please follow us on Spotify, Google Podcasts, and the Old St. Pat's app. Find us on Twitter at Old St. Pat's and on Instagram at Old St. Pat's Chicago. You've been listening to the Old St. Pat's Podcast.